This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. everybody, welcome to another board game edition of the MFG Cast. This time we're going to be previewing Dreams of Yesterday, published by Weird Draft Games. Sure are. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to Weird Draft Games and Call the Cop for letting us having a preview copy of this game. And uh, yeah, so let's get into it, shall we? No, rolling right into it. Rolling right into it. I'm going to introduce the dreams of yesterday. Oh, here yes. he goes, everyone. <clears throat> oh, he's clearing his throat yep. even. Here we go. We're serious. The future has fallen. There's more than one idea on how to fix time, and the curators believe the ways toward salvation can be found learning from the past. Stop yet. Stop. Stop. Uh, laughing at me <laughs> oh i'm like what? can you not read no apparently i can't even think of what i was going to say okay dreams of yesterday is a set collection micro game in which you traverse the histories to gather resources money prestige and knowledge then use resources to gain artifacts which form ex exhibits and grant abilities the player with the most impactful exhibits when the game ends wins can you shape an exhibit so impactful it changes the world? I like that last one because it's so like... Bum, bum, bum! Yes. No pressure. It totally is. That was maybe a really loud bum, bum, bum. You it think was. You that, you're going to have yeah. to turn that down. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely going to have to turn you down on that one. Totally Whoa, smokes. you will have to turn me down a lot. No, it's true. So now that you read that, we're pretty much done with this episode, aren't we? Yeah, we're done. Goodbye. That'd be kind of funny if, like, so it's like, what? And then they, like, <laughs> turned it off because they're like, wait a minute, that just, what just happened there? Well, you're reading it, and I was like, well, he just summarized what was going to happen. Yeah. And then we can just say, hey, there's cards in this, and that's it. Yeah, for sure. Not that's it. That's it for the episode is what I mean. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. So like I read in the intro, it's a set collection game where you're trying to get certain exhibits and stuff like that, and you're trying to get more points by having more sets and you get other points by urns but we'll kind of talk about that as we go all right why don't we talk about the setup of dreams of yesterday oh actually you know what before we do that we'll probably talk about the stats about it, huh eh? 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 yeah, yeah you we talked about the publisher yeah designed by heather o'neill illustration by Beth sobel graphic design by maria gabriella patino and katie cow Oh, familiar names. Yes, beautiful, wonderful names that do wonderful, beautiful work. I don't know why what I said it like that. What is that voice? I don't know. You kind of sounded like you were morphing into a Muppet. <laughs> nice. Bergy, bergy. Okay. <laughs> Game plays one to three players, ages eight and up, and plays for 30 minutes-ish. I always say-ish just because, you know, it just depends upon learning. Like 
like and 30, 30 to 40 ish minutes, 40 yeah. minutes, or like 30 minutes you ish. <laughs> no. Okay. Around 30. Okay. Is what I will say, even though they say 30. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. people like to have an idea of how long it's going to take. And I think it all depends on the people that are playing. For sure. And how the cookie crumbles. True. That's true. But there aren't cookies in this game. That is, well, as far as I know, no. So you pick a starting player. Then then each player will start with a double resource and a standard single artifact. So in this game, there are artifacts and there are resources to pay for those artifacts. There's also earn cards too, which we will talk about here in a little bit. So for resources, it can be like a, I think it was like a golden cup money, or a book. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? Three different types of resources? Yes, you are correct. Yep. So the double resource could be like a cup and money on one of the cards would be a double resource. Yes. The artifacts could be up for interpretation because I can't remember. What is it? A llama? No. Uh, Okapi. Okay. Totally want to have that. An okapi? Which doesn't really look like a llama, but it looks like a horse, kind of. Mm -hmm. A painting and a crate. Uh, oh, are no. we going to talk about that later? Uh, aren't, yeah, I think we should talk about that later. Okay. And then the other one is, I can see it, but I can't think of it right now. What is it? It's blue or teal colored. Oh, it is a, it's bygone bones. Oh, it's bones. So I was going to say a skeleton, and that would have been appropriate, yeah. too. So according to the card types on the instructions, the Okapi is considered astonishing antiquities. Okay. The bones are considered bygone bones, and the painting is considered cultural curiosities. Sorry, I kind of hijacked that. Yeah, let's go back to the setup. Let's continue with the setup, shall we? Sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. If you're playing with two players, you're going to remove five cards from the deck and put them into the box, back into the box. And then after that, you're going to separate the earn cards from the deck and set them aside. Okay. Do we want to talk about what earn cards are? Sure. What are earn cards, Tracy? <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, earn cards. Every, okay. So I give you this blank look when you say, hey, let's talk about earn cards. But every time you say earn cards, no matter how many times we play this game, I think earn, like E-A-R-N, every time. Nice. And I know it's earn, like U-R-N, earn. Earn cards. Have a picture of an earn on them. And that's what completes your collection of artifacts. And we'll get into more details of that. But go back to your setup again. That's why I was like, what are you talking about? Every single time we talked, like even when you introduced the game to me and we were reading the instructions for the first time, every time you say earn, I look at you with puzzlement. Is puzzlement <laughs> a word? Puzzlement sounds like a... It sounds really fancy. Yes. Correct. Anyway, so earn. Don't do the same thing as me and think you need to earn your degree. Yeah, for sure. It's earn. Mm-hmm. It is. And then once you have those earn cards separated from the deck, you're actually going to make on your 
board or your uh, table, you're going to make what's called the histories. So depending upon player count. So for uh, two players, it's five cards which, with three on the top and two on the bottom. For a three-player game, it's going to be four on the top and three on the bottom. And then they suggest that when you're, when you're setting up these histories, making sure to alternate, if you can, between the um, artifacts and the resources. So it spreads out a little bit, so it's a little bit easier to grab certain things instead of having like all artifacts or all, are all um, resources. Resources, yes, correct. Did you talk about how the cards are reversible? I have not. Okay. Look at me. I'm hijacking. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll talk about it. So what's nice about it is that the cards are reversible. So if you are laying them out on the table, so you're doing your top three, and you want to be able to do the every other, but you are coming up with resource, 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 you can look on the other side to see if you have an artifact that you can lay out. But then also when you're laying them out, so let's let's go back to a two-player game again because that's what we were focused on, is you do the three and then you do below that two, but I would leave a space there for your gameplay. So you do one, two, three, and then underneath, one of them you'd play another or put another card and underneath the second one you play another card and then you'd leave a space as if you were going to place another card. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. But then alternating, but remembering that you can flip the card over just to make that that alternation happen. Mm-hmm. That's right. So now that you have set up, now let's get into the gameplay. You don't have a starting pawn. So what you do is that empty space below the the third card on the top is basically where you start. Yep. And then what you're able to do is you're moving clockwise on these cards in like a circle or whatever. And going clockwise, you're actually going to, you're going to get to move up to two spaces. So there's those two cards on the bottom of that histories set up there. So you can be able to move, you're going to be able to take the first card or the second card. So those are your spaces basically. Another way that you can actually do more spaces to get cards that are above that is you can spend one resource for an extra space. So you can keep going as, as long as you have resources to pay for that. Mm -hmm. So if you had, like, say you had a double resource and that has two, you could move up to four spaces then to get the card that's up to four spaces that way. Then you'd be able to take the resource or buy the artifact if you had enough resources to do so. So how do you buy the artifact? So on the artifact, the artifact cards actually have a little symbol on the top right of the card, and it will tell you what that card costs to take that artifact. It might be one resource. It may be two resources. It may be up to three resources to grab that artifact to put in your... I'm trying to think of what they call that. They call that your exhibit? I think so. Yes. Yep. Correct. And you can have, you lay out in front of you basically a line for your resources, which is that cup, the money, and the book. You have a line of those, and you can have up to two other exhibits. Correct. You don't have to have two, but that's all that you can have. Yep. And as you line exhibits down below in your play area, 
the key to it is to try to get sets. So what a set is basically is having one card kind of on top of another or kind of kind of covering part of the card because you're going to have special abilities on the artifacts, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But laying them side by side would get them into sets then. Yep. So they have to be touching each other basically and having multiples will give you multiple more points as you go along. We'll kind of talk about that later on as well. And you can put them, when you put them next to the artifact of the same type, you can put them behind the mm -hmm. card or in front of it. That's right. And that comes into play when you're playing, when you're doing your exhibits, because each exhibit card, or sorry, not each exhibit card, each artifact card has a certain special ability on it that you can play and you can use during your game. So let's talk about some of those special abilities that you could play during the game. Okay. So one of them kind of looks like a rectangle with some arrows, and that's flipped, flip a histories card. So on your histories board where those cards were laid out on the, on the board or on the table, like I spoke about before, you can actually, once per turn, take any one of those cards and you can flip it to its alternate side. And what's kind of cool about these cards is on the bottom of the cards, it tells you what the other side of the card is. So you're not just saying, oh, I want to flip this card. I really hope that whatever's on the back side of the card is something that I maybe potentially want going forward. There is a picture of what is going on the bottom of that card to show you what's going to be on the back side. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. I yeah, like, that's really nice. Yeah, because then you don't have to guess and like do more work to figure out what's on the backside of a card. I, I, I like that idea. Mm -hmm. One of the other special abilities is there's a plus sign and a meeple with an arrow. And that means that during your turn, you can move one more additional space during your turn without having to pay a resource to move that way. Yep. And that really comes, into hand, or comes in handy. Mm-hmm. If you want just that one more artifact to be able to purchase with your resources or you need more resources, but you wouldn't have normally gotten that without that additional space. Yeah. And another cool thing is, too, is that because you have two exhibits that you can have, you can have two of those abilities so you could actually move an extra space. So that means you could move up to four spaces then. Yep. One of the other abilities is if you see one of those resources on the card, what that means is that you can pay for an artifact using that resource without discarding that card. So when you pay your resources for those artifacts, normally you'd have to discard those cards. Where with if you had a certain card, like say you wanted the chalice, I call it the chalice and not the cup. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You You're way call, more fancy you than call I do. It whatever you want. He it's probably not... drinks out of a chalice with his pinky up. Uh, well, they actually call it. Uh, I just I'm looking at the instructions right now just to kind of double check. Uh, money is money. Knowledge is the books, and prestige is the oh. chalice. Yes. So you know if something called for a chalice and you had that special ability, you you wouldn't have to use that card to get rid of it to actually pay for it. Yeah, it's just out there to use. For sure. Another ability is they'll show you one of those resource symbols and then an equal sign and then kind of like a teardrop with a question mark. And then that means that you can use whatever resource that is as a wild resource. That means you can use it as any kind of resource, yep. which is cool. 
So you don't have to just use it for money in your example. You could use it for knowledge or prestige. Yes, correct. Look at what yeah, I did. I remembered them. Hey. Fuah, fuah, fuah. The next ability is rearranging exhibits. So this is something we didn't talk about. So when you're putting your artifact cards into your exhibits, you actually, once you lay them down, you can't move them unless you have this rearrange exhibits one. And what that means is that special ability means that you can rearrange any of your artifacts, even the artifact you have the special ability on. Keeping in mind that an exhibit with an urn cannot be rearranged. So let's talk about, let, before we get into the last ability, I kind of want to talk about urns just because I think people would have a hard time thinking like, okay, what, do the, what, do this, what does this urn thing mean? So when you're putting urns in your exhibits, you're basically telling the other player that you're finishing your exhibit off with this urn. And what this urn actually can get you is it can get you some um, extra points. So like each urn on the bottom left corner of the card will have a certain amount of victory points which you would get at the end of the game regardless. Another thing that you'd be able to do is it's got, it asks for like a certain thing and you'd get more points at the end of the game. It's called like your earn ability points. So let's say one of them says it's got the, the painting underneath it and it's got one point. So for each painting that you have in your exhibit, you would get one point for each of those. Okay. In that exhibit, not both exhibits. Yep, just the just one the that, one you that, have that the ends urn with in. the urn. Yep. Correct, correct. And I think here is probably a good idea to talk about those crates. Crates, correct. Is that what they call them? Uh, oh. I, you know what? Because I make I up my own terminology. I apologize, Carla. I just <laughs> go by the basics. Yeah, so the urns are, are called unusual urns. Oh. And the crates are called diverse discoveries. Oh, okay. you don't have to apologize to to Carla because she didn't make the game. Heather Heather O'Neill did, so you have to apologize to her instead. Oh, sorry, Heather. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yes. So that, let, that way they can visualize, because otherwise, yes. you yes. know, I'm I'm going by what the pictures look like when we were playing the game. Yeah, chauffeurs, chauffeurs. <laughs> what? What was that what? word? <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's been a long day, folks. Uh, why don't you talk about what the crates are for? Oh, sure. So a crate card is a two-sided card just like the rest of them. However, it is considered, well, I'd consider it more of a wild card. So to, to collect a crate, you have to spend resources also, but they're harder to get because you need three resources. Uh, it will notate it on the top right of the card just like it does any other artifact. But wild or wild cards or crates, um, or what are they called? Uh, div diverse discoveries. Diverse discoveries are placed in your exhibit also, but they can help you work on your collection of artifacts. And you can place them throughout your um, exhibit also to help you beef up your score for your collection count. Yes. However, well, let me take that however back. They also have 
abilities on the right hand side just like artifacts do that will help you throughout the game to if you don't cover them up to utilize them to to have extra moves those types of things that Kurt was just talking about but once you place them in your exhibit and an earn card is placed in that same exhibit you can collect the points on the earn card yeah so it's so the other one is an earned bonus is what they call. But but the earned bonus you will not collect. So he's referring to one point for paintings, an additional one point for every painting in your exhibit or something like that would be an, earn, an additional earned bonus. Those do not count anymore. So the only thing you would collect off of an earn, if you also have that crate or that wild card in your exhibit, would be the victory points that are on the bottom in a star on the urn. That's right. But yeah. these are really nice to amp up your scoring for collection for the artifacts. All right, so now rewinding really far back to where we were talking about the ability descriptions on the uh, artifacts, we have one more that's on there with a special ability. There's one where it looks like it's got a meeple and a bunch of arrows pointing one direction, and then a negative one with a uh, with that um, teardrop with the uh, with the um, question mark, and that means you can pay for any artifact in the histories, but you must spend an a, an, adush, an additional resource to do so. So, like I t like we talked about before, when you're moving those one or two spaces or paying more resources to move to buy certain or get resources or get artifacts with this special ability all you have to do is pay one extra resource and you can buy any artifact that's basically on the table so that's a kind of a cool way to like skip having to take a ton of moves to get to certain spots so those are all the abilities that you have so now going back <laughs> Even uh, even a little bit further, let's talk about how we, now that we've grabbed our cards, depending upon how many spaces we move, let's talk about how we replace certain cards in those histories, or in that, yeah, in the histories is what it's called. So what you're going to do is you're going to be, well, actually, there's one of two things that can happen. So let's, at, so if you actually took something, what you're going to do is you're going to take off the top card of the deck. You're going to take that card, you actually get to look at both sides, and you decide which one you're going to place. When you place it, what you're going to do is you're actually going to place that card in the spot where you started from. So basically it's that empty space where you started from before you moved. And then you're going to place it in that space. Um, another thing that you can do is if you happen to come upon a thing where you have to buy an artifact and you cannot afford to do so, what you can do instead is you can grab from the deck until you find a resource or resources because some of them are double resourced. And then once you find those that resource or resources, you actually put that into your tableau, basically. Once you take your turns and you go through the, the deck of cards for the histories, once you go through that deck once, what you're going to do is you're going to take that discard pile of cards and you're going to take those urns that you set off to the side and you're actually going to shuffle those in those that's going to make a new deck for you you're going to set those aside 
and then you're going to continue playing the game with those extra cards. And now you've incorporated their All right. So that's pretty much playing the game. So the game ends in one of two ways. The game ends immediately when the histories can't be refilled. So that means that that deck of cards can't be filled anymore. Or if a player finishes both of their exhibits by adding an urn to each, then the players finish the run and the game is over. So with scoring the game, one of the big components to scoring the game is the sets Mm -hmm. that we talked about. So any identical consecutive sets are what you're going to score off of. So if you have one artifact, you're scoring one point. If you have two that are set next to each other consecutively, you score three points. Three, you score six points. Four, you score 10 and so on and so forth. It's in the directions. I'm not gonna keep killing you with points. Yep. But it talks about any set that's greater than six will count as two sets, which is cool. Yeah, I like that. I don't think we ever encountered that. Nope, we got close. Yeah, I think, actually, I think we did, but we never actually did that. So you're going to count your sets of identical consecutive sets in each artifact or in each exhibit that you have. And you are also gaining points based on urns, if you added any urns Mm -hmm. to your exhibit. But remember the rule on the urns, if you add them when you have a crate in your exhibit, you're only counting those points at the bottom of the card. You're not using the special urn bonuses. Urn bonus. Mm-hmm. I want to call it a special ability, which is pretty, mm. pretty standard. And whoever scores the most points in their two exhibit rows is the winner. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who have listened to the MFGcast, we don't talk about ties. Mm. <laughs> Because we're in it to win. He's watching me with like, uh, wondering what I'm going to say, but I, I we don't talk about ties. No. I've decided. I made a rule. Ties are silly. As of today, what t- is today? Today, March 19th? Yep. March 19th. Effective immediately. No ties. That's right. We just play again. That's right. Just keep going until there's a and win. And we out. never did tie. No, we never did. No. We, got, we came close. Like, we had really close... Games. One of the time. Oh, that's right. But the you smoked there me were, the one yeah, time. Yeah, I smoked you one time. <laughs> Otherwise, it was really close another time, and then there was like, meh. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the game. That's right. There's also solo rules if you want to play it with an AI. There's also game. Uh, there's also rules to amp it up a little bit. So yeah, there's multiple ways to play this. I like the double-sided cards. I like that it gives you a choice. I love the mani- the manipulation of trying to do certain things to get better stuff, you know, to get more artifacts, to get the same, you know, bunch of sets. Um, the urn cards, boy, those were those urn bonuses for some reason were really tough for me to get. I think in all the times we played, I never used an urn because the I think the last time we played, I was very close to getting an urn. I thought I manipulated my play enough that I could have gotten an urn. And then we ran out of cards and then the game was done. And I thought, son of a gun, yeah. seriously? Yeah. But I still, I think that's when I doubled 
my score to beat you. Yeah. On that game anyway. So yeah. like So it didn't even matter. So it didn't even matter because I'm so fancy. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean I think this is one of those games where I'd like to play it with and without urns if possible, but urns are hard to acquire, I think, sometimes. Because may well, maybe not hard to acquire necessarily, but you're maybe not ready to add them to the end of your exhibit yet because you still are building it. For sure. And yeah. and you may not want to build multiple exhibits. Like in one of the games, I started building a multiple or like another exhibit, and then I was like, "Darn it! I should have just built it on this one exhibit." Mm-hmm. But I thought there was. I think that was in one of our first games, and I thought. I must want to build another exhibit. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try it. And then I thought, I didn't do anything else with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think it depends on how the cards lay out and what resources you end up getting to be able to buy stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And I and I think this game gives you a lot of options for strategy and stuff like that too because you can play it you know, a bunch of different ways. Like you said, if you wanted to go for the urns, if you didn't want to go for the urns, if you wanted to use those special abilities, kind of manipulate the board a lot. Yeah, it kind of gives you those options. Yeah, this uh, would be this would be one of those games to try the different the different routes. Yeah, for sure. Just to see the different pointage. Yeah, and the art on this are the art on the cards are is amazing, of course, because the people that do the art on this are favorites of ours. So of course, it's going to be pretty easy to really enjoy what's on the cards themselves, and the colors are vibrant. Just, you know, just a lot of fun. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was our preview of Dreams of Yesterday by Weird Giraffe Games. This is going to be funding on Kickstarter. Should be a fairly cheap, inexpensive game, but again, with a lot of good gameplay, a lot of good strategy. It's going to be on Kickstarter on March twenty first. So make sure that if this is something that you're really interested in, make sure you support indie creators and indie publishers and make sure that you help fund this wonderful game so i think we've talked our fill on this game again thank you to weird draft games thank you to carla cop for letting us have this preview copy and make sure to check them out on kickstarter march 21st that's right and thank you for listening and until next time i'm tracy and i'm kurt And this was the MFG cast. Oh, perfect. See ya. (laughs) Bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.